click record it. Um, and then, you know, I'll just uh, kick off the conversation and we'll get to um, the podcast. But I'll, I'll just briefly introduce you, Karthik, and uh, we'll, we'll get going. So what's up, guys? Welcome back to our mindsets. Hope you had a great Christmas. Um, uh, today, we're going to be uh, hearing about product management from uh, Karthik Suresh. Karthik is actually a friend of Earl. He and Earl were in on deck a year or two ago. But Karthik was, you know, someone who, you know, we just thought would be great to to pick the pick the experience and, and lessons of um, somebody who's gotten a lot of knowledge from uh, Carnegie Mellon and then London Business School um, and just uh, a lot a lot of work experience, you know, coming from you know Wall Street and and most recently working at Facebook as a PM. And right now he's the founder, co-founder of a company called Ignition. I'm told that they're doing really well and they're about to launch in 10 days. And also that Maltman, uh, the creator of Y Combinator, um, is an investor as well as a uh, couple notable executives um, uh, around the valley. But uh, Karthik, happy to have you here and welcome in from uh, India. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Excited. Yeah, thanks, man. Just one question: How was uh, your Christmas, or how's how's it going in India? I heard about um, there there was some uh, some some stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just visiting my family for the holidays here. Um, but you know, things are calm here. You know, just if you read the media, it seems like this ton of stuff going on but on the ground it's completely untrue at least so far <laughs> things are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know um but we'll see so so you know i think it'd just be amazing to you know hear your story a little bit and uh just ask you what, what got you into product management i know you had briefly spoken about wanting to get into tech after you know working at morgan stanley and seeing a financial crisis like what catalyze that uh, uh career change or you know that interest yeah yeah so i started my career in wall street uh, my very first job was at morgan stanley and you know i graduated in 2008 right into the financial crisis so it was like pretty as you can imagine it was like pretty interesting times to start a career um you know being like somebody with no experience with a huge student debt um and uh, in a new city uh, it was definitely inter- intimidating and overwhelming, but I think it, it set me up well for, for my future. Um, and I did, I did enjoy, um, you know, finance and, you know, although I was on the software side, um, I worked uh, for the for the most part of my career in New York. I spent time at algorithmic trading and high-frequency trading firms uh, like Knight Capital, which got merged with Getco to form KCG Holdings. And I think it's now Virtue. Uh, one of the things, uh, I mean, I, did, I definitely enjoyed working there. It was, I think there's a, there's also a kind of adrenaline rush. And also you can see everything you do, the the results of that within a week, uh, unlike other tech products. But one of the things, most important things, which was missing for me was like, basically uh, it, was, it was all about taking money and making more money. And there was no other impact to the to the world and the users and building like a product. So I was like, that was something which was like really bothering me, <laughs> which is what made me leave uh, financial services and uh, and get into tech and eventually into product management. Yeah, yeah, and I'd love to hear more about Ignition, right? Since uh, uh, it's really you know young. If if uh, we're, we're we're talking about it, what uh, what, what where did you get the idea for this and and uh. How, how, how has it been since you had that idea in, in building this? Yeah, yeah. So 
I was at Facebook as a PM, and one of the one of the things which was common uh, during my startup days uh, or during Facebook days was like there's a ton of tools to help the engineering teams, to help the product teams, you know, to plan and develop and build products. But there's nothing really to help you actually take a product to the market. Uh, so if you think about like a, a typical product marketer or just a marketing team in general, the first problem is that they need to know you know, what is shipping when? And engineers are pretty bad at uh, keeping the marketing teams updated. Either they would just launch and then say, hey, it's launched, or they would be like, sorry, it's delayed by a week. I forgot to let you know. So the first problem is just like letting the, making sure the marketing teams are aware of like what's launching when. Um, the second problem is like, okay, once, once, they, once they understand, okay, what they want to launch, it's like, okay, how big of a launch they want this to be. And if they decided to be a major launch, you know, there's so many things you need to do to launch a product. You need to like think about okay, who's your target audience? You know, how do you want to position your product in the market? Which channels you want to market in? You need to work with copywriters, designers. You need to get all the approvals from various stakeholders. If it's a SaaS product, you need to train the salespeople. You need to train the customer support people. So it's a huge cross-functional collaborative problem. And today it's being done by a hodgepodge of tools like you know, Google Docs, Spreadsheets, Notion, Asana, and so on and so forth. And there's no like a single source of truth. And that's what Ignition is. So it's basically like uh, we are building the go-to-market hub as like one single source of truth where you can uh, you know, build your entire launch plan for your product. Wow, yeah. Have you... Um... So I guess like the solution is just a hub for all these different teams and, and that way they're able to um, be more aligned with, with their objectives, right? Yeah. So the way it's going to work is like, you know, you're going to come into Ignition. You're going to say, okay, let me create a new launch plan. You need to have like a few inputs, like okay, what's the launch date? Uh, how big of a launch is it? Is it like a major, is it a tier one major launch or is it just like a, like a new feature, like a tier three launch? Um, and then we will generate the template for you. So we will generate the launch template for you, which will have various modules. Oh, you know, everything sure. from uh, you know, objectives, KPIs, target audience, positioning, channels, copy and assets, so on. So we'll actually build a, build a plan for you. And one additional thing is it's not just about tracking your work. We'll also help you do the work. So we are we are also building something called Copilot with an ignition, which uh -huh. will actually help you. Like let's say you're like, hey, I, I'm not sure how do I, you know, which channels I need to use for my product. Then you can use our Copilot to you know get recommendations on which channels you should be using to market your product. Wow, yeah, no, I'm looking at the the website right now. It looks pretty. Um, what do you call it? Uh, a, lot, a lot of things going on with. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it seems like you're you're bringing a team together is is what you guys is really kind of have. I I guess into that. How 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 uh, how, how far is the product for that right now? Like I, I know it's not not out yet, but um, uh, you know what what does it look like internally? Yeah, so I mean we've been uh, we've been building Clo like about nine months now. It's uh, it's in beta state. We have a customer design partners who've been testing it and giving us feedback. Um, and it's, it's it's close to ready for prime time. We are now launching on Jan six on Product Hunt, so please watch out for, wow, for the Product Hunt. No way, <laughs> keep it on. <laughs> yeah, and would love to know. You know, please use the product. You can sign up. It's going to be like uh, you know product led uh, sign up, so you don't you don't need to talk to anybody. You can go to the sites, 
sign up for the product and start using it. And yeah, please let us know if you have any feedback. Yeah, is this? Uh, I'm assuming you guys are gonna go B to B, but um, for the B to C aspect, can is it would it be free or like you know like just for the first month or two? Like how how's that gonna go be look or look like? Uh, yeah, our, our current plan again, you know, we, we, it is going to change based on the usage. But right now, you can you can sign up and you can create one launch plan for free. Oh wow! And if you need to create a new one, then you need to pay us. But if you're a startup or a founder, you can just delete the old plan and keep recreating plans and keep using that for a while <laughs> until you're ready to like pay. So yeah, that's the current model right now. No, that's really interesting. And yeah, yeah, you know, seems like it really, really be a big um, solution to to a lot of companies. I, I guess, like in, in terms of asking you a product question, uh, what is it? You know, what is it, the product creation process or the product management process for, you know, here compared to a bigger company? Like um, when when let's say you were you were working underneath a umbrella of people versus making it a you know, with, with your own, your own rules, as, as uh, <laughs> people say, <laughs> like, um, is it, I mean, assuming it's more difficult, but, uh, uh, you know, could you, I guess, compare or just, you know, talk about the, the, the building the product from scratch experience with, with uh, Ignition? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so just, um, just talking about product management in general, it's completely apples and oranges, whether you're building a product for a startup or you're building a startup, I mean, building a product for an established company. Um, you know, sometimes people think like, hey, you know, I, I've been like a PM at Google for 10 years, so I'm going to be amazing at a startup. That's not true. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's apples and oranges because <clears throat> um, the, the one of the most important things, um, you know, in established companies, you have one, you have tons of resources. So you generally have access to either a user researcher or a designer and, you know, a data scientist and, and a whole set of engineers. So uh, there, the, the job of the product manager becomes stakeholder management. It's literally making sure to get, you know, you can get alignment and buy-in from a lot of the other teams and PMs and execs and keep pu- and pushing your product and the team. Um, and the other thing is like, it's more about like iterating the product to make it better. Uh, even even for even if you're um, actually let's say building a new product from scratch uh, in an established company, and you know I've had people tell me that like I would be like, hey, no, even at like Facebook, you can be an entrepreneur, you can build your own startup, you can build your own product. I'm like, no, that's com- still that's completely different <laughs> because you know there's you no free lunch at a. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you don't have to worry about funding. You don't have to worry about resources. You need you don't need to worry about recruiting engineers, which is a big deal these days. There's so many things which you know you take for granted in big companies. Um, but you know, at a startup, you're doing all of these things on your own. Like you know, you're talking to users, um, you know, on your own, and uh, and then coming up and you know, writing SQL query, SQL queries to you know query the analytics. Then you, you're also coming up with the, the roadmap and talking to engineers, and sometimes you're also running the sprint. So there's a lot of things which you kind of do as a PM at an early stage startup, um, which is very, very different from a large company. Yeah, yeah. So I guess like, you know, with your team right now, is it like a team of three or team of two, essentially? Or? So we, we are actually a team of 10 people overall. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's me and Derek, you know, we're the co-founders of Ignition. And then 
we have close to you know eight engineers uh, and then spread globally so yeah we're a team of 10 people now you know, building the product wow yeah yeah the, the, so does that mean you you have to spend your own time coding and, and uh, designing or do you man- you just mainly oversee it um what was that I mean, so we have a designer as well so <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, so I think the the first step is, of course, to talk to users, right? The first, the very first step is always to like talk to uh, users and then make sure that you understand, you validate your hypothesis, you validate the problem, and a lot of the times it's very hard because you know users they don't necessarily tell you the truth because they don't want to make you feel bad, right? So yeah, sure. They will be like, "Hey, I'm going to use the product." I'm like, "Yeah, this is a great idea. I'd love to use it." And then after a few weeks you put some designs in front of them and then you know you don't hear from them so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah true it's, uh, can, can you tell me what it was like uh just talking to the first couple beta users or you know interviews with potential users um for for the product just since uh that that just sounds that sounds like something that would uh you know be varied from who you know every everybody would you know anyone who creates something they have a different audience and friend friend group and peer group um what was it like for you guys yeah i mean the, the first set of users were from our very own you know basically from our own network you know derek is uh is a product marketer um has been a product marketer for almost like 15 years so he's he's done the, he's done that for for a while and he has a pretty good network and we basically talked to a lot of users just to understand the problem and as i said it's a very iterative process it's it's very it's, it's very rare that you get the product right the very first time. Uh, you talk to the users. You know you you obviously do you don't pitch your solution or push your idea first. You first try to identify the problems and validate the problems, and then figure out if it's something painful enough that they'll pay for it or it's just a vitamin, which is probably the hardest part. Um, so once you get through that, then you start building MVPs. Yeah. And then pushing a product in front of those users and getting feedback. And the best feed feedback is like whether they're actually using it or they basically log in once and they never log in again. Um, so then you try to understand, okay, why, you know, why they haven't logged in. So it's keep iterating till you get to a stage where users are like loving it, using it. And, you know, the best, of course, the best way method is like, they're willing to pay for it. They're like, okay, you know what? I'm, re- I'm ready to like put down my credit card. So then you know that you have a semblance of like product market fit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, what's it called? Um, for for startups that have uh, like a, a um, what do you call it like uh, that are more medium sized or that are like two hundred plus employees and trying to grow, I think that their sales or their their customer acquisition strategy is more like cold email some people who yep. would fit their niche and then from there sell them on the phone and hopefully get them to watch a demo and and all that. But uh, you know from the early stage side of things it's more of a just a testing a hypothesis thing um do you find that you're more comfortable in you know one space versus the other since uh uh you know there's not there's a, a lot less to worry about certainly at a facebook when you know there's a backlog of success to to uplift um the product team but you know when you're on your own and you're working on this brand new thing do you feel like that that environment is a uh, a uh, little bit more conducive to your work ethic, or what do you think? Yeah, so I mean, I definitely enjoy the startup startup space more. Uh, I, I like the autonomy, and uh, you know, I like the idea of bringing a product to life. You know, you know, make basically getting your vision out there, uh, and then and then getting and seeing all the users 
use it is i think a different kind of fulfillment um but at the same time i mean i loved my job at facebook as well uh, uh it's just it's as i said it's just different it's just like apples and oranges um i think the good thing about facebook is you have so much resources so you don't have to worry about like minor things like you don't have to worry about <laughs> uh you know just you can just basically focus on the meat uh whether you know you're trying to grow the product or whether you try to focus on engagement um and then you have tons of resources like you know you have a user researcher who will go and do the user research for you uh, and then compile a report and then you'll have a designer who's probably really like world class will come up with designs exactly uh, and then you have a <laughs> right your data scientist will be willing to pull all the quantitative data for you so there's so many resources available but in a startup yes i said like you doing everything on your own um but i think that's the one i enjoy the most um mainly because i think the whole idea of bringing something to life especially with the one which does not does not exist and doing that from scratch is like very very i think fulfilling to me um you know just throughout my career i just always kind of you know even even if you think about my work during um uh, uh all the the i mean work at financial firms one of the reasons i went there is like you know the risk the risk appetite uh being able to like trade and you know get that uh, adrenaline rush and things like that you have the same things as well in startups because again there's so much uncertainty it's still a high risk high reward bet you know if you build a product which people love then you know you really you know do well but again it can take a lot of cycles before you get there yeah so, yeah. yeah that's the one i like If I could ask what do you think um it is that people love about products in, in a digital sense like um from from I guess like the B2B aspect uh we've seen some success you know from you know Slack Zoom uh obviously like Asana and all these um tools right but what do you think um from your experience uh, I guess at um you know Facebook here or just in conversations on around lunch what do you think it is that people find you know fulfilling about using a product or um, um in your experience yeah i mean that's a very basic you know you can go back to like the jobs to be done framework right so like okay, what what is this job i'm hiring this tool to do and it does it do well right like so basically and you know not everything fits like super well but like at the end of the day it's like you know i have this i have this really terrible problem and if every if, if a tool can automate this and it's definitely a, a painkiller not a vitamin i'm going to pay for it and you know if you find one people or one person or 10 people to pay for it then you'll find 100 and so on so um i think the most important part is to make sure that you have this problem uh which the users are willing to pay for and it's actually like a painkiller it's like something which it's not something which would be like nice to have and that's the hardest part of like figuring out what problems are just nice to have and nice to mean nice to solve and what problems are like really worth solving because users will pay for it yeah no absolutely that that, that sounds you know really i guess you know that totally answers the question <laughs> uh if you, if you don't mind we'd love to hear your fundraising and um i guess your experiences with raising vc and and angel money what did that get, what did that look like for you guys uh i know it probably just happened a couple of weeks ago right like or currently so we we raised uh i mean when we started ignition we initially raised a pre seed round um and then we again raised an extension 
um, just a few couple of months before. But I think seeds, I, I, uh, the, the fundraising at a very early stage is pretty much based on the team, right? So you don't have a product, you don't have, a, you don't have any metrics, so you don't have anything to show. So really the investors are basically investing in you. Yeah. So it's very, so that's why, and, and unfortunately, one of the, one of the side effects of that is like, if you have a really good brand, you went to a really good school, you know, you have a good network, then it's much more easier to get funded than otherwise, because then, you know, you, you already shown that, okay, you can handle various like uncertain situations or you build startups before. Um, but, you know, if, if you don't have that, it's, it's actually much harder. And that's where I guess all these accelerators like YC and sure. others come in because they can then help you kind of get the distribution you need um, and also put you in front of all the investors. But for us, you know, since we already had a pretty good network and, you know, pretty, uh, pretty good work experience and so on, it was pretty, it wasn't hard for us to, you know, raise uh, pre-seed uh, funding and, um, and also the market is hot right now, uh, as you might have heard, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, there's a lot of money printing going on. So there's a lot of liquidity in the market. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't um, pretty, it wasn't terrible for us. Um, and, you know, the, the previous startup and startups before we have had to, you know, talk to at least like 40 to 50 VCs before we got a single term sheet. How, um, how did it look like this time? Was it half that amount or was it? Yeah, it's probably, it's definitely less than, it's actually less than half that amount, um, at least the first time around. Um, but, you know, we'll see when we go raise the next round, see if the market has changed because, you know, we're going to launch in Jan 6th uh, and then hopefully we'll have some paying, really good paying customers and we can show some good, good trajectory month over month. And we'll look to, you know, we may look to raise our series A and then, it's not just going to be based on the deck or the team. It's going to be based on the product and yeah, metrics. Sure. So we'll see how that goes. No, yeah, that sounds that sounds a lot of fun and uh, <laughs> pretty pretty cool. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the market was warm or hot. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about the the market for or um, how big the market is and like what's the market looking like for you know this type of SaaS tool that would uh, you know um, just alleviate a lot of problems for teams that are trying to get, get closer to a launch day? Yeah. I mean, so when I meant, uh, what I meant by market is hard is was like from a funding perspective Oh, sure. that like, you know, it's much easier to raise funding right now than it was before. Uh, I mean, much easier, of course, if you, you know, if you have done a startup before, or if you have some good background um, and because there's a ton of liquidity out there, uh, but, you know, from a, from a purely from a SaaS perspective, it's actually the other way around. I feel, I feel there's like a lot of SaaS fatigue out there because there's so many SaaS tools in the last couple of years, the whole SaaS ecosystem has exploded and every other startup is coming up with some kind of a SaaS tool. So I feel the bar is like way higher right now. <laughs> um, you know, you just can't spin up some, you know, like a simple web app, which you know solves like one small problem and then expect to, you know, grow big. Um, I think there's a real SaaS fatigue out there. People are already using 10 to 20 tools. Um, you're you know, right. Yeah. For it. And if you want to add like the 15th tool, they're like, why? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I think the bar has is much higher for SaaS tools, though. No, yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, there's, you know, a big saturation or a big, what do you call it, dilution of uh, tools and, you know, that are being used. 
I guess just jumping into that kind of topic, what, uh, you know, I guess, you know, in a deck you put similar competitors, right. Or like similar companies to yours. Um, uh, I can't really think of the top of my head of like a product launch tool, but what do you think it is that uh, you guys want to create that makes it different from the rest and makes it better at the same time? Yeah. So I think, uh, as you mentioned, there's not a ton of tools out there in the first place. So this is pretty much going to be a new category we're going to be creating, right? So it's going to be a product launch category. Um, as a, Basically, as I mentioned before, right now, most of the teams use a mix of different tools. Like, you know, you could, you could create a launch template in Notion or Coda. I know people yeah. use Asana for project management and Google Docs and Spaces, of course, for everything. Um, so what we are trying to do is create a specialized uh, platform for you to launch products, create your go-to-market plan, um, and also like collaborate with other stakeholders uh, or everything in one place. Uh, and I think this is going to be the way the way our positioning is going to be. It's, it's going to be like a new category creation. It's not just like there's an existing tool out there, there's an existing market out there, and we're trying to compete and build a better product. So we, I think we are, um, you know, building a new category, uh, which is which is like I think good and bad because um, it's good because if you're right, then I think we'll 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 be the first mover. We'll have the first mover advantage in the space, and we can gain market share pretty quickly. Um, but if you're wrong, um, then it's like, okay, why does no product exist today? Then, you know, it, it would be like, maybe this is not a problem worth solving for. We'll find out soon. But like yeah, sure. what we've seen so far, <laughs> it definitely feels like a lot of focus has been on PMs and engineers and not on product marketers. And we are trying to fix that. Yeah, no, that's such a, such a fascinating space. I, I mean, people who want to create something, whether it's, you know, an entrepreneur or like another, uh, tech company who wants to just have a less of a product headache. That's, that's definitely interesting. Um, one, one thing Kartik I love to ask you is uh, after, you know, you got the funding from, you know, Altman brothers and, and et cetera, what, uh, how did that change the, the, I guess the attitude or the mindset for, for you guys um, when it came to, you know, build, does that make you more motivated to build a product or does that mean, you know, that uh, you don't you have one less thing to worry about, so you're not as motivated because you have less things to worry about. Like, what did what did that feel like when, when uh, that happened? Yeah, I think the most important thing is like finally we can recruit engineers. The <laughs> 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 engineer salaries have just gone through the roof. <laughs> you know, it's very hard to just bootstrap these days and you know hire engineers because like I you know it's it's insane. Like you know, obviously I am an engineer myself and uh, before. That's how I started my career. And I just like, sometimes I feel like, oh man, I should just have been an engineer because like, <laughs> you know, um, it's just ridiculous um, the, what the salaries are today in the Bay Area and just in US. We've been hiring a lot of people internationally and even in, even in international locations, the, the, the salaries have like tripled in the last year or so, um, which is like pretty you know, insane. I mean, you can imagine, you know, there's a lot of liquidity so the VC VC firms get those liquidity. They put that liquidity to work in, in startups. The startups, the first thing they do is hire engineers. Yeah, so sure. like all the VC money is just like inflating all the engineering salaries. So the, our first our first reaction when we got funding was like, great, like finally we can hire quality <laughs> <all the> engineering. <laughs> yeah, I think I think people would um, what's it called Prom like just give equity first, right, and then <laughs> hope everything worked out somehow. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work anymore. I mean, at least, uh, I mean, maybe for the first couple of employees, sure. But if you want to build like, like uh, you know, anywhere from five to 10 people, engineering team, you know, when, when startups are willing to give you market salaries and equity, yeah. uh, you, you no longer can just get away by saying, hey, I'm just going to give you equity. Please work for like very low, low salary and hope that this company takes off that, you know, it's, it's very hard to recruit that way these days. At least yeah. <laughs> no, it does. It does seem uh, pretty, what do you call it? Uh, just uh, like a, a fun idea in the past, but it's, it's not, not, not as much uh, present in the present. Um, yeah, one, 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 a couple more things I want to talk to you about is, uh, so I guess just hearing your journey, you know, you, you had left a profitable job at an investment bank or, you know, as an engineer and, and then you, uh, transitioned into getting more into business. So you went to business school and got an MBA. Um, uh, and then, you know, you worked at Facebook, but then you left uh, to, to create your own startup, right? So there, I guess there's this uh, pattern of leaving something for something more fulfilling. And I think that in today's society, there's a lot of people who, you know, flirt with the idea of being an entrepreneur because uh, it's so much more in the spotlight than it was before. But um uh how long did you i guess contemplate leaving facebook uh or you know in general other i mean you know previous jobs before you made this leap because i think uh it's, it's actually a pretty big decision since um you know you're giving up a lot uh because yeah. getting a job at facebook's pretty tough in the first place and then you know leaving is i can imagine also difficult uh yeah uh, you know what um how, how long did you think about leaving and, and kind of like did you have the idea in in progress while you were there or like how, how did that look yeah that's a that's a great question <laughs> and facebook perks are insane so <laughs> uh, <I really laughs> a hard decision but you know every time I, I quit something to do something new it wasn't it wasn't planned it just happened that you know i'm generally a risk taker i love to take risks and i keep keep looking out for new opportunities uh, if, but which is why even within Facebook, I switched three, I switch switch teams twice. So I work for two different teams because I, I seek new new things and new opportunities all the time. And it just happened that like you know I you know I was in on deck and I met Derek and this seemed like such a great idea and I just couldn't you know just sit sit there and just maybe wait wait at Facebook to maybe invest a few hundred <laughs> a few more shares like at, at the end of the day like you know if, if something really good comes by you just got to take it because you know life is short and uh life is short and then the, your career is even shorter like right? <laughs> and, then, and then and the phase of your career where you can take risks is even more shorter and people don't realize that um so you know if, if something good comes by and especially something which is in line with your vision and the purpose um, you need, you got to jump, you got to take that. Were, were you uh, nervous or you were, you're more just, what do you call it? More excited uh, and, and kind of just planned and, and confident since, you know, you kind of had that, uh, had that work or you, you kind of done it before, right? Yeah. I think I was, I was much, I mean, this, this time around, I was much more comfortable with the idea of taking risk because as you, as you mentioned, I had done it a couple of times before, the first couple of times was definitely nerve wracking because there's so much uncertainty and like, uh, you know, you're, you're basically looking at the, you're playing a long game and you have other friends who are earning a ton of money in these large companies. And then there you are <laughs> <laughs> and like, 
know thinking of betting of the long term so uh, but right now i feel i i'm basically i'm much more comfortable and also like i think i've come i come a long way in my career that even if something goes wrong i can go back to like something like facebook um without a ton of efforts so that's adds another layer of cushion for me to take risks um but you know it is not the same all the time because the first couple of times i did that you know it was it was definitely it took a it took a lot of mental stamina to like kind of you know go through that the entire early phase of finding product market fit yeah yeah i can absolutely see that um we're coming here towards the the uh the the end of the show but um Karthik, just two two standard things we love to ask people here are um uh in your own words uh how would you i guess explain your own startup mindset and um yeah like you know what is what is that in in your own words since uh you know you're a validated entrepreneur and uh you have a lot of work history in silicon valley and and, and building tech products like what is a what is uh your startup mindset man yeah startup mindset is pure is for me is like bringing your vision to life it's all so you all everyone has ideas you know you talk to your friends you talk to your colleagues everyone keeps thinking about this this ideas oh why doesn't this product exist you know i wish i had this but you know the startup mindset is like okay how do you bring that vision you have in your mind uh to actual life and the journey um you know you you have to go through to get that vision to life and i think it's probably one of the most fulfilling things you can do in your life absolutely the next question is uh what advice would you give to 20 year old karthik um whether you were just in school or uh new new to the us of course uh what what would you i guess in hindsight tell him yeah that's that's a great question <laughs> i would say uh take more risks like 100% that's like I really wish I took even more. I mean, I I think I'm generally a risk taker, but I still feel like I I could have taken more risks in life. I think you you tend to, like, especially early on in career, you tend to gravitate around much safe safer options where you know you're getting a good salary and you know you don't want to change jobs. But at the end of the day, as I, as I mentioned before, your life is short, your career is shorter, and the phase in your career which you can take risks is even shorter. So if you get stuck in your comfort zone for too long, you'll end up regretting it later on in your life. So the one advice I would say is like go take risks. Man, yeah, in that's fact, yeah. That, that's I have I just I guess like I would chime my two cents in. I think you know the world we are in is somewhat a world that favors comfort, right? Like I mean, I'm 26, but I you know however old, old you are, do you feel like the comfort zone is just uh uh you know really more expanded since you know we live in such a world of uh digitalization and we don't have to do much effort to i guess um live right do you think yeah. that uh there there needs to be something done to or what what can be done to make people more comfortable with risk other than reading stories and in in a sense because i think risk is just something that's unique to everyone in their own yeah that's right i mean everyone has a different uh, risk threshold Uh, but i guess the, the best way is to like you know like through podcasts and through books and through through videos tell stories of people who took risks and where they ended up right it's just basically uh, reading stories about other entrepreneurs whoever it is you you like 
I mean, not just not just entrepreneurs. It could be entrepreneurs, movie stars, you know, journalists yeah, sure. who <laughs> like follow. But like, what made them get there? And I'm sure, like, in each one of those stories, was they moved out of their comfort zone. So the the the, the takeaway for the the folks who are in the comfort zone would be like, hey, I'm sure like you you enjoy your comfort zone and you you can probably like you know just like be 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 this way for a while. But at the end of the day, I'm sure you have your own ideas. You have your own ambitions. And the only way you're going to accomplish that is for you to get out of the comfort zone and then look, look all these other people, like whether it's successful entrepreneurs or people who you really love and like feel like you're, you know, they are like role models. Look how they got there, read their stories. And I promise you every one of those stories involved taking risks. No, absolutely. You know, that's, that's a great lesson there. Last thing here is, you know, how can people, the the listeners of the show find out about, uh, ignition and and uh, can you tell us a little bit more how they can um, uh, you know I guess just learn learn more about ignition yeah uh, our website is haveignition.com it's h-a-v-e-i-g-n-i-t-i-o-n haveignition.com and you can just go you know just giving you give your email address and just sign up and as I said we're going to be launching in like literally uh, in 10 days uh, in on Jan 6 2022 um so you can you can go to our website sign up for the product you can use it and then please give us feedback feel free to connect with me on twitter it's just my first name last name it's kartik suresh that's my twitter handle and you could find me on linkedin as well so yeah please connect with me and i'd love to get all the feedback i can thanks for the conversation kartik this has been amazing and loved uh, learning about products and and, uh, your journey as well so thanks for the time thanks dan